The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and the rock and roll, as in the king of rock and roll. Uh, but first, we got the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. Uh, hope you're doing well. Listen, a nurse goes into the hobby shop and she asks the guy, can I have a box of just red crayons? And he said, uh, no, we don't sell boxes of just red crayons. We have assorted colors. Why would you just want red crayons? She goes, oh, work, I drop blood. Thank you very much. Duff jokes have been money uh, lately. He's killing it week after week. He's sent in about five in a row, and they've all been great. So uh, this might be the longest stretch of all killer, no filler from Duff McKagan ever. We appreciate the laughs every single Friday. Thank you, Duff. And the Winnipeggers have been delivering the funny as well. Every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on my Facebook page and YouTube channel, this week, it was all about the cheap-ass club, and it's not what you're thinking. Cheap movies, bad B-horror movies, C-movies, D-movies. Definitely a lot of criteria that had to be considered when suggesting a movie for the cheap-ass club. And, of course, we got some vintage pictures from our last meetup, which was a few years ago. Come for the laughs, stay for the visuals, the stories, the drinks. Uh, we got a special guest, Pennywise the Clown, introduced the show this week. So uh, new episodes every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, on my, on my Facebook page and YouTube channel. Almost uh, over 300,000 views, uh, which is great, in 40 shows. Almost a third of a million views checked out the the Winnipegers. So hopefully you uh, will be one of them. And also, uh, even more so, we got the Inner Circle special member. Yes, the uh, I'm not talking about Mike Mike Tyson either. I'm talking about uh, the guy who joined uh, last fall when, when the Inner Circle took Las Vegas. I'm talking about Elvis himself also known as Travis Allen in the real world. Travis explains how he came to join the Inner Circle, what it was like filming with us in Vegas, and his favorite part of the whole experience. He's also married to a Lady Gaga impersonator, talks about what it's like when they're walking around together in public, who witnessed a little of that in Vegas with them. Travis gets his jumpsuits made from the same company that made Elvis's jumpsuits and goes to great lengths to be as authentic as possible. He's got some funny stories about sideburn mishaps, wardrobe malfunction, and Elvis's iconic thank you, thank you very much, he shares which Elvis songs are the hardest to sing and the one that most brides ask to walk down the aisle to. Uh, Travis has been uh, the star of the best and basically only Elvis tribute show in Las Vegas at the Planet Hollywood. They've been doing it for the last seven years, and he and his band are back now doing shows again. They just started up after being off for almost a year in the pandemic, and they are selling out night after night after night. 
Definitely check it out the next time you're in Las Vegas. I know I will. It's called All Shook Up, Tribute to the King, and you can get tickets at Vegas.com. Let's talk to Travis Allen, a.k.a. Elvis, a.k.a. member of the Inner Circle, about the uh, intricate world of Elvis impersonators right now on Talk is Jericho. All right, so we have with us today um, a member of the Inner Circle, officially uh, Elvis, uh, is is how he was inducted, but it's Travis Allen who um, is one of Las Vegas's uh, best and uh, mo- most well known Elvis Presley impersonators. Uh, but first of all, man, how how did you enjoy uh, that whole shoot that we did in Vegas, where you actually became a member of the Inner Circle? Oh man, that was that was a blast, dude. <laughs> I had such a great time. I don't know, just hanging out with you guys too was super cool. But I don't know, man. I think waking up in bed next to you was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get involved with that? Uh, well, basically, you, luckily you guys were looking for an Elvis in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, and I, I, my name came across you guys. So I, I appreciate you guys pulling my name out of the hat and and, and breaking me. <laughs> what, were you, what were you told that you'd be doing? Uh, some kind of mon. It was supposed to be like a Las Vegas montage. That's all I knew. But I, I heard it with Chris Jericho, and I'm like, "Cool, man, let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like I said, we kind of had. A, it was kind of a wacky idea and a, and a fun time. But um, we had a blast up on that rooftop, and like you said, then it culminated into you waking up in bed with with me. That was awesome. <laughs> and then I, my favorite line of the whole thing was, uh, "Who brought all the farm animals?" <laughs> Who brought all of the farm animals, man? <laughs> <laughs> Did you wonder at, some, at one point like what the hell was going on? Because I remember when I first met you, I'm like, hey, dude, this might not make sense, but when you see it all, it's all going to fit together. I figured that though, because I mean, that, that's the way that's the way a lot of crazy shoots go, and and then it's usually the post the post editing man is when it comes together, and I, I think that's the coolest part. So just to talk about you know being an Elvis impersonator, and obviously this year's probably we've talked about this has been very tough because all the work in Vegas shut down, you know, taking a gig where you can and all that sort of thing. Is there any talk now about starting up your show again? As a matter of fact, man, I've been trying not to jinx it at all, but we just rehearsed last night and we're actually supposed to, we're slated to open on Friday. That's great. Yeah, man, I'm super stoked knowing that it's been over a whole year. So it's kind of scary, but you know, the stamina is, I'm like, I hope I can build up the stamina back, man. <laughs> <laughs> How was it rehearsing again after all this time? It was good. It's just, it, we weren't able to rehearse in the actual room that we're going to be doing the show, but uh, so it wasn't quite the sound that we're used to, but I mean, man, knowing that we're going to come back and I mean, it's interesting. We are only allowed so many seats, you know, per show now because right. it's still the occupancy, but Technically, we're sold out a couple, you know, quite a few nights. So that's good. <laughs> well, and, th- and that's the thing. Like we went to um, a couple shows in Vegas. When I actually just saw you again a few weeks ago. And I think the one show was the, the X Burlesque at the Flamingo, which was sold out at like 65 people. Then we went to the Queens of Rock at like the, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It begins with an M. There's a sellout with like 100 people. So a sellout's a sellout. But I think at this point in time, you're just ready to get back out and start performing again. Absolutely. I mean, the funny part was we're all sitting there listening last night to our producer talk, you know, and he, he starts mentioning about price. And I think at that point we were like, oh, man, we don't care. We just want to go back. <laughs> right, right, right. We right. entertain again, man. I mean, it's been an interesting thing, especially because we, we were there for six years straight and that's what i did for um, pretty much seven nights a week and that that was me man you know that was what i did and when everything got stopped i'm like all right 
see what happens. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? So, so how long how long have you been an Elvis impersonator for? Uh, actually, thirteen years now. So I, I've been in Vegas over thirteen years, and uh, it's been an interesting ride. Being the fact that when I was in, I grew up in California, and I was an electrician technician. I did all kind of, you know, installs and whatever. And when I got laid off, and and well, let me let me back up a little bit. Basically, in, it was about two thousand seven. My dad was like, hey, man, there's an Elvis contest in Orange County. And I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> if I could do an Elvis contest. But my dad was like, yeah, man, you sound like Elvis, you know? And I said, well, dad, I'll tell you what, I'll do it if you do it with me. And he's like, all right, I'm down. And so my, my dad literally did the Elvis contest with me. <laughs> I, I made it to the uh, the finals. And, and when I did, ended up in my first contest, I won third place. And I was like, hey, man, that's that's not bad. Uh, they gave me a they gave me like a check for 250 bucks and I was like pretty stoked. I was like, hey, I just got paid to sing a song on stage, man. That was pretty cool. Two weeks after that, I went to uh, Boulder City and did another contest there, and that's when I won. I actually won first place. I won a thousand dollars, and had a guy telling me about a chapel and doing some Elvis wedding in Las Vegas, and I'm just like, oh man, well I'm still an electrician. Well, two weeks after that, I got laid off as uh-huh. an electrician. And I thought, well, gee, you know, I can either be an electrician again and still make the same pay, or I can literally try to try my luck in Las Vegas. So I called my dad and said, hey, man, can I, can I borrow your RV? I'm going to literally drive out to Vegas and try my luck. And luckily, a month into pulling into my to my RV spot, I, I became an Elvis. Yeah, that, that's amazing. So were, had you sung professionally before that at all? Yeah, I did, actually. I, I was into country. When I was a kid, I performed for like a lot of people, as a matter of fact. But uh that was my forte, uh, performing and singing country. And of course, I fell away because I got I got married, had a kid. Sure. Had to kind of pretty much start a normal life. But when I had an opportunity to be Elvis again, I, or to, to be Elvis, to be a singer, I, I was like, why not? This is kind of like, like my second calling. Hmm. And it, it's been a fun, entertaining <laughs> road, man. I mean, it's because of being Elvis, how I met my wife even. So, and I have to say, and we'll talk about this later, that your wife is is a Lady Gaga impersonator, which is great. Elvis and, yeah. and Gaga, finally, the marriage made in heaven. But I, I know for me as a singer, like I had a natural tone where I sound, I mean, I had a, a kind of similar sounding voice to Ozzy, right? And if I really want to sound like Ozzy, I can turn the Ozzy filter on and just knock right into it. Did you have the same when you were singing country? Did you always have some Elvis elements to your vocals just naturally? No, believe it or not, man, I, I, growing up, because I was younger, I, I was always a huge Elvis fan, but I never attempted to try to sound like Elvis. Right. So I always had my own tone, my own, uh, you know, whatever it was. But when I started performing as Elvis, I started really listening to Elvis. And I tried to mimic the way he would do his mouth or whatnot. Next thing you know, it the tone came out across so differently for me. So, but it took me years to kind of get to where I'm at now. And I'm still learning to this day. You know what I mean? Right. You know, but it's interesting. So, so Elvis impersonators, it's a whole kind of society. I mean, there, the, it's a worldwide, you know, kind of phenomenon of, of all these guys and girls who, who imitate Elvis everywhere in every country and that sort of thing. Uh, did you know what you were getting into when you became an Elvis impersonator? Did you know about all this? Not at all. No, no, no. Especially like, especially my first con, my concert or contest that I did. Uh, a lot of guys seemed to like they knew who they each other were, and mm. especially when they're like, 
hey man how, how long have you been doing this for and i looked at my watch i'm like uh today. <laughs> 20 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah and then of course then i started doing some other co- contests and next thing you know it, everybody seemed to know everybody and you know and so it was it's it's all kind of like a camaraderie you know which is kind of cool but so it's not it's not like a rivalry it's because it, how many how many how many impersonators is there in vegas elvis impersonators <sighs> oh god uh Active, you mean like active singing ones, performing yeah. ones? There's only a handful nowadays. It's it's kind of a shame because there there used to be a lot. Unfortunately, even even if my age, I mean, I'm considered the young Elvis in Las Vegas, which kind of trips me out, being the fact that there's no young guys. And I'm, I'm hoping that there's a lot of young guys that start coming up and coming out to Vegas. I'm like, come on, man, come yeah. out to Vegas. There's plenty of work. I encourage it. So, but is there a rivalry in between? Like when you first came in, it was like, who's this kid coming? Oh yeah, in no, here? they all hated me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, for some reason, they all hated me, man. I'm just like, look, I'm just here to do my job and here to do whatever I need to do. And and I, you know, I, I think most guys were kind of like after a while, after I was getting all the work, they were calling me asking me for the work, which I appreciated, and I and I try to give them as much work as I can because I don't I don't hold any animosity, I don't hold a grudge. I mean, look. There's plenty of work in Vegas. It's just a matter of who's going to get it or how you're going to get it. You know what I mean? So what were you doing as Elvis that was getting you more work than these other guys that had been there for a while? I think for me, in the beginning, it was definitely being the young Elvis. There wasn't any young Elvises necessarily in Las Vegas. A lot of guys played the jumpsuit Elvis, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a, what most people remember Elvis was being in the white jumpsuit. But I had the forte of being the, the 50s Elvis, which ah. is like the gold jacket and stuff. Right, 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 right. So that's interesting because, like you said, that there is. So when you do your show, because I've I've watched some of your clips on on YouTube, and obviously when you came to work with us as Elvis, it was kind of jumpsuit Elvis, which is the more famous Vegas style Elvis. Do you play both in the course of your of your set, or is it just um, is it just one or the other? I do, but that that's what's cool about the show is we do. Uh, I come out as the '50s Elvis with the gold jacket, you know, and we do like a lot of the '50s songs. Like Blue Suede Shoes, Hound Dog, Jailhouse Rock, all that fun stuff. And then I change into the jumpsuit Elvis with the, the bigger sideburns and we do all the, the 70s stuff. And that's why we're different because we do that and with the live band. So we're like the only show left that does that. It's interesting because I was doing a little bit of, you know, three seconds of research. Uh, it's talking with the types of Elvis impersonators. And it says th- there's the following categories. There's lookalikes who concentrate more on the visual elements of Elvis uh, sound alikes who concentrate on changing their voice to sound more like Elvis and maybe not necessarily look as like him. Then there's the combination who do both the visual and the oral uh, style. That's kind of where you fall into, right? Well, so that, that's an interesting question. I'm glad you brought that up because there was, uh, for years, it was back in the day, Priscilla Presley, Elvis's ex-wife, said that she wanted everybody to be called Elvis tribute artists. Mm-hmm. And she said that I think because it was a a nicer a nicer name, if you will, um, not so clownish. But at the same time, I am the definition of an impersonator. So an impersonator does an exact impersonation of that person. I'm not a tribute. I don't pay. I pay tribute to Elvis. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not a tribute artist. If I was, I wouldn't be wearing the same clothes identically to him. Gotcha. Or I literally have the same rings as Elvis. I have the same lays that he wore with the Aloha suit. Um, that's pretty s- s- silly, but at the same time, that's what I do. 
You know what I mean? That's why my definition is more of an impersonator. But there's a lot of, you know, people are, there's a lot of discrepancies on that. People are like, no, 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 you're a tribute artist. I'm like, why? Because it sounds better. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's what people want to see, though. Like, I mean, when when we've gone to see, you know, impersonator shows or tribute shows, as close as you can get, the better it is, right? I completely agree. And that's the thing is, I, even like when I've seen other, you know, other shows or whatnot, I unfortunately I I nitpick because I'm like, well, hey, he doesn't have the ring, or he doesn't have the proper gold jacket, or you know, he's not. It, it's you know, there's a lot of little things that I I've had to study over the years. I mean, 13 years of doing it, I appreciate it, and I still feel like I'm still learning because there's a lot to Elvis. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, Travis Elvis, were you a big Presley fan when you were younger? Yeah, mainly because of my parents. So I was a huge Elvis fan because of my parents. My parents would always try to listen to Elvis. And my dad actually sounded like Elvis growing up. He actually would sing Elvis and it would trip me out because he sounded like Elvis. And uh, of course, my parents had all the movies. So, of course, but when I watched them, I was like, you know, a teenager watching them on VHS my TV VHS combo <laughs> and yeah, right, I right, right. All the movies. But when I watched jailhouse rock, man, that was when I was like, that's, that's the man right there. Wow. So this is, this is interesting to me Like you mentioned for 13 years and you do quote unquote young Elvis and you do Vegas Elvis or whatever we call him. So when you started getting this, cause obviously you said you came into it kind of as, as, you know, oh, this is cool. Let me try it. Now, when you got to Vegas, is this when you really started buckling down and really watching? Like, were you watching Elvis to really get a sense of what he does? Yeah, I, completely. Uh, especially when I first started doing it, I, you know, I would watch it. But then when I really got my first concert, if you will, there uh, somebody hired me to actually perform a big show. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let me let me really watch Elvis's moves and, and let me get on a, a, a treadmill as I'm singing and doing the Elvis moves as much as I can. Cause I mean, the stamina man is, Oh my God, it's just, that's what I'm afraid of coming up Friday. I'm like, okay, the, the, you know, it's been a year for the whole pandemic and I haven't had to do quite 17 songs in a row. <laughs> yeah. But even, even just from a physical standpoint, Elvis was always very, very animated on stage. Even later years, Elvis, like he might not have been as crazy as he was when he was in his twenties, but there's a lot of the, the kung fu movement and the you know the the dancing type stuff as well. Oh, that that was insane, man! I, you know, it's funny. Okay, so this is an interesting situation because when I first came here to Vegas, I wasn't really into the the jumpsuit Elvis. I was like, you know, I'm the young guy. I don't want to necessarily play portray the uh, the the jumpsuit older big cybern guy. So I I studied all the '50s moves. And when somebody kept talking to me, you know, they're like, hey, you should really do the jumpsuit. I'm like, all right, sure. So I finally started 
getting into a jumpsuit and started trying to practice the moves of the jumpsuit of the 70s era, my God, it was actually a lot harder to do the 70s moves than it was the 50s. It was because of the karate, the more stretches. I mean, we, I, practicing the lunge where he just goes down like really low. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's actually a tough move, especially when you're wearing a one-piece suit and in two-inch right. two heels almost, you know? <laughs> what other differences is there between 50s Elvis and 70s Elvis? Uh, voice. Complete. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Elvis always had a really cool voice, even in the 50s. But he had more, more of a higher voice. Uh, especially if you listen to something like Heartbreak Hotel, Hound Dog, stuff like that. He had like a really more of a rockish style voice. And he got away from all that in the 70s because he sang more from his diaphragm in the 70s. Hmm. And I opened up his throat more, especially as he got a little bigger. You can hear hear his throat open up as he sang too, as he got as he got larger. But he still had this this incredible voice. And especially getting to do Elvis, like perform as Elvis, I actually got to speak with the Jordanaires. You know, and and I remember Ray Walker telling me one of the Jordanaires saying that man, Elvis had the most incredible range of vocals that he's ever heard. You know, it's just he was he was one of a kind. And and who is Jordanaires? Uh, the Jordanaires was actually Jordanaires. Got gotcha. you. Sorry, uh, the Jordanaires from the fifties who sang backup for uh, so many songs. You know what I mean? Love Me Tender, Don't Be Cruel, uh, all those songs that you hear with the backup singers, that's the Jordanaires. They were actually even listed at points, Elvis Presley and the Jordanaires on the records and stuff. I was a big Elvis fan when I was a kid as well. So, yeah, it's it's interesting because when you think about it, too, and as a singer, you know, for people that don't know, especially as a rock singer, you're supposed to sing from your diaphragm. That's where the power is from. And I'm wondering maybe because Elvis in Vegas, when he was doing – I don't know how many shows was he doing a week, four or five shows a week, maybe, whatever it was. Some, well, it depends. So he would do like a couple week stints and come out here for a couple weeks and do even two shows, sometimes three shows, like even a midnight show. Wow. And then after his shows, they would go back to the room and then sing gospels all night. <laughs> so that could be maybe he had better control of his voice later on because if you're doing much more frequency singing, diaphragm protects your voice more. Whereas I'm not sure how much touring he did in the 50s, but. It was probably typical play 30 minutes and move on down the road, right? Uh, yeah, most likely that was with because the, they were doing a lot of road trips, so they would be driving a lot of times. But even for me, uh, when I first started performing Elvis, I did not quite have the power as Elvis did in the 70s. That's why I stayed away from the 70s stuff until I tried to tackle a song. Once I tackled, the, especially specifically American Trilogy, that's a really big, you know, popular song. And, and that high note at the end. To try to hit that note, that was really, uh, <laughs> man, that that was a beast. So, but after I practiced it and 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 tried listening to how he actually spit it out, I tried manipulating that, and it seemed to work. And I just practiced at that, and that's how I got to be where I'm, I'm at with my tone. You know, it's interesting too because people forget, like, when we were hanging out after the other night, we were listening to more of the '70s Elvis. How many great songs he had from that era? You know, people think, oh, it's Vegas Elvis, but he was still doing. Burn in Love, Viva Las Vegas, Suspicious Minds, you know, CC Rider. Like, these are all great tunes that people don't necessarily instantly think of when they think of Elvis. It's true. But at the same time, a lot of people think about, you know, in the ghetto, they, that, that's right. That's the, for, believe it or not, that is the most requested song that I get, even for wow. weddings. It, it's quite amazing. The bride's like, hey, can I get uh, in the ghetto? I mean, you want to walk down to in the ghetto? All right. 
<laughs> all right there you go actually i'd say uh-huh all right. <laughs> <laughs> calm down <Santa. laughs> uh, so now that when you're in 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 the bigger kind of vegas fishbowl you mentioned you did the contest in, in uh in southern california is there bigger kind of contests to do is there conventions for elvis impersonators and things along those lines Oh yeah, I mean, I, I've done. I mean, I've done so many contests, and I'm very, I'm very proud of all the contests I've done, because I, I I'm very proud with the trophies that I, I've received. Uh, I think at, at a point, because the hard part about doing contests is you're literally judged by not the audience. You're judged by sometimes three people that what they think is the best Elvis. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the hard part about doing contests is you're trying to win over three people when, you know, I mean, I, I've actually came second to a contest, but I actually won people's choice. I'm like, okay, well, I'd rather win people's choice with 500 people versus three judges that didn't pick me. You know what I mean? What's the biggest contest you've done? Is it an official Elvis impersonator contest? Yeah. Basically they call it, uh, it's sponsored by EPE, which is Elvis Presley enterprises who actually believe it or not, They've recommended me for things. I mean, that's why I've been, I've, I've done like the state farm commercial because of EPE and stuff like that. Mm. So they, there's actually a big official contest called the ultimate Elvis contest. And I, I, I was lucky enough to play. I got into the top 15 in, in Memphis, but that was when I was trying something different. I was trying to do this, the seventies Elvis with the sideburns and stuff. And, and I wasn't sure how to tackle it properly. And I glued on sideburns that day. And I'm on stage, you know, I feel like I'm nailing it, singing the wonder of you. And, and I'm sweating, man. I'm getting nervous. Next thing you know, the cyber starts coming off oh, on stage. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, what do I do now? So I, yeah, I didn't move on with that. <laughs> I would assume that's a major faux pas at the Elvis impersonation <laughs> if your cyber comes off. Yeah. I have. I've seen a guy do that. His cyber came off, but he, he played it off even more cool. He took it and slapped onto his chest. <laughs> Props to whoever that was. I don't know who that was. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> is there like an Elvis of Elvis impersonators? Like who's who's known as kind of the all-time greatest Elvis impersonator? Elvis Presley. Okay. You know what I mean? There's nobody that there's nobody that can compare to him. I mean, you're going to get somebody that goes uh, that'll say to me, "Wow, man, you're the best Elvis I've ever seen." I'm like, "Okay, well, compared to who? Compared to Elvis actually or just compared to the other Elvis impersonators?" Because nobody can really com- when you put all of us next to Elvis, none of us look like Elvis. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Elvis, Elvis was one of a kind. But I mean, we just try. The cool part of what I do, I try to give the illusion that you're watching Elvis. That's the difference. How do you do that? Well, by try to literally as you. The cool part about my audience is we're so close and personal with my with my audience members that the first thing that they do when I walk out on stage, they're judging automatically saying, okay, pr- prove it to us that you're, you know, you're going to be an Elvis, good Elvis. So my goal is just obviously do my best by dancing, singing as close as I can to Elvis. And by the time I do that, you're already believing that I am. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Dude, because you're already part of this concert. It's, it's a really a cool thing. I, I love doing it because it's a different experience. You know what I mean? Cause you're not literally, especially because people forget what Elvis was. I mean, you got to realize he passed away 42 years ago. What was it? 44 now. Yeah. 44, oh, geez. 44 this August, I think. Right. Man, the pandemic totally messed up my whole. <laughs> I, I think it was, I think it was 77 that he passed away. 77, yeah. 70s. He was he passed away in 77, but knowing that 
it's been that long. I mean, can you imagine? So when I portray the 50s Elvis, we're talking in 1956, 1957, when Elvis was performing these songs. How many people remember this? You know what I mean? Right. So, that, so I try to at least give them the illusion that that's what they're remembering, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense because, like you said, to Elvis now, you know, when we'll talk about kind of what kind of fan base you have, but Elvis is now more of just this iconic person that you see you know on a poster or you know in a movie or something along those lines but it's like watching somebody that was really good at wrestling from 10 years ago that you haven't seen for a while and you go back and watch them or watching like you know the who in 1967 just how powerful they are to go back and watch elvis back when he was in his prime you forget like this was a living breathing iconic personality and one of the greatest entertainers and singers of all time I couldn't agree more. <laughs> right. So you don't have to embody this to remind them that. There's a video that I like to I like to mention to people because there's many people that have seen this video, but they never listened to the video because there, there's a specific video that I had to actually really try to replicate for Cirque du Soleil that when they were trying to do the Elvis show out here. Right, right, right. They had me, they had me study this one video specifically. It was the 1956 Milton Berle show, Hound Dog. And it was when Elvis sang Hound Dog, they actually had him, you know, the f- full length video. And when he went to the slow motion part, he acts like he was almost like, you know, humping the mic. And, and next thing you know, he's grinding the mic. And next thing you know, you hear the adults laughing. But you hear, if you listen carefully, you hear all the young girls like, whoo, like, you know. Screaming, yeah. Yeah, they're, that was a whole different scenario for them. They're like, what are, what are we watching? And the adults were like, what the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I encourage people to pull it up, man. That's actually a really cool video to watch, but listen to it, especially when you hear them laughing. Uh, it's interesting because they didn't know what they were watching. But they, after that, that's when they, they, they cut Elvis, you know, waist down. Elvis like, like Elvis, no, right? Yeah. No, no more waist down, sir. <laughs> so, so you mentioned the Cirque show when they were doing the Elvis show. You were involved in that? In the beginning, they were looking for an actual, El- like an Elvis to portray Elvis and uh, a Priscilla. So it was between myself and this other guy. He got first choice, and then they gave me second pick. So they go, well, his contract is for three years. He'll be the next three years. And I was like, oh, well, we know how Cirque du Soleil shows. They last a long time. Well, my buddy uh, who got first choice, he he was in, like, Montreal, Quebec, whatever he trained, whatever he was doing. I don't know what kind of acrobats are trying to make him do his Elvis. But he trained over there, and next thing you know, they started rehearsing at the show. And I'm not sure – if it was Priscilla or, or somebody, but they, they didn't like it. They actually pulled it. They, two weeks before the whole grand opening, they pulled Elvis and Priscilla. Oh, wow. They decided not to have an impersonator, period. And that was a huge mistake to me because, I mean, when I went to go see it, I wasn't, I wasn't even trying to be biased. I was just literally going, okay, let me have an open mind, see what they created. And when I saw it, I was just like, it's really missing that element of a guy even just standing there with a silhouette of being Elvis. You know what I mean? It, right. it needed something like that, and it just didn't have that. You know, it's interesting because if you look at Cirque Love, which is the Beatles show, the Beatles songs are so they're so colorful and they're so descriptive that you can do the whole show without them, but they still have them kind of chattering and laughing, but it's the silhouettes, right? Yeah, you have, you have things that remind you of the Beatles in there. Where Don't get me wrong, the same thing with Elvis, but not really. But not really. And, but, the, but the Michael Jackson show, Cirque, there is a Michael. There's a lot of Michaels throughout the show. And I think that show is actually still still running. 
that's why it's doing well. I mean, that, that's my personal opinion. I mean, I'm sorry, no disrespect to any anybody that's uh, you know that was part of that Cirque right. part. I'll tell you, that was definitely a mistake by cutting out the Elvis. But yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Thank you. Thank you very much. When you do Elvis, like you mentioned, you want people to, you know, see you as Elvis. Are you kind of going into some method acting? Do you do you drop into it where you're like, I am Elvis at this point? How do you how do you do that mentally from a performance standpoint? It's it's funny you say that because like you hear me talking to you, I I can't. I it's hard to pull out an Elvis uh, accent because I'm not. I'm not in costume. When right. I put on, like, when I put on like the jumpsuit, or 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 the Elvis fifties, whatever doesn't matter. Whatever Elvis outfit I put on, I feel like I I try to think about what Elvis would be doing. You know what I mean? Or what, how he would portray it. That's like your suit of armor, right? Exactly. It's it's kind of it's it's kind of it's not not trying to say hey I can hide behind this mask, but at the same time I can do at being in that jumpsuit and and in those sideburns and that costume I can pretty much do or say whatever I want because Elvis had such a power, and it's kind of cool, man. Knowing that when you try to when you try to do that, don't get me wrong, I never I never think I'm Elvis. I can tell you, let me first put that out. I never think I'm Elvis. I try to just embody the empowerment that he had because uh, he wasn't cocky. He was definitely confident. And uh, that's the difference. I mean, the, that's the hard part trying to recreate that, especially when he was so natural at doing it. You know, I always say that singing is is emoting, acting to really get across the emotion of the words. There is a lot of performance to it. So you might not think you're Elvis, but you are definitely playing the part of Elvis in that show, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're definitely trying, like I said, but there's times that I still have a little bit of my element in there, but I'm still trying to at least give them you know especially when i throw a joke in there yeah that's my joke you know what i mean right. i don't try to take necessarily elvis's joke you know what i mean but i still make sure that people remember that elvis was funny people forget people are like hey man you were funny i'm like no no, no. elvis was funny that's a great point yeah <laughs> i learned from the best man he was he was great <laughs> if you watch him in the comeback special or live from hawaii like you said he, once again it's like Paul McCartney or any of those guys, seasoned performers that have been doing this their whole lives. They have the, the audience to the palm of their hands, right? So what kind of like jokes do you tell on stage as Elvis? Is there certain ones that you say that always work or do you just have to kind of go by the, by the situation? Unfortunately, the, the, the first one that you have to come up with because everybody knows it, I mean, is the thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> 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 That's a given. I mean, 
I mean, I'll walk down the casino and people are like, thank you, thank you very much. I'm like, yeah, okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the, it, the misconception of that is people don't remember that when Elvis actually performed, they would be cheering for him and he would be like, thank you. They wouldn't stop clapping. They would keep clapping. And then he would be like, thank you very much. So unfortunately, he got misconstrued. Just, thank you. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> Well, that's the way it goes. I, I remember even when we did when we did our thing with the inner circle, when we put you in the inner circle, you said thank you, and then you had a little hiccup because we were drinking. Thank you. <gasps> thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't put the two words together. <laughs> but so, what kind, what kind of a fan base do you get? Like, is it, for your show, uh, is it still called All Shook Up, the Elvis show? Yeah, it's called All Shook Up, a tribute to the King. The fan base on that, oh my God, it's. It's incredible. I, and if we have any fans that are listening here, uh, we appreciate those fans. Because, I mean, we've had people come up to me. I, I, I felt really bad because, I mean, I, unfortunately, doing it seven nights a week, it's hard to remember certain people. Right. But I've had people say, oh, this is my 10th time coming. I'm like, wow, that, that I appreciate that. You know, it's so amazing. I mean, it, we get people from all around the world, literally. I mean, name a country. They came, they came to the show because they heard about our show in their country. Mm. So the fan base is, is incredible, knowing that even though Elvis had passed away 44 years ago, he's still known around the world. I mean, that, that blows my mind. But and I appreciate the fact that the, the fan, that I have fans that actually support what I do. So are they all age groups? Oh, definitely. And, that, and that's the cool part is we get uh, the old lady, old blue haired ladies uh, <laughs> to the three year old that's dancing in the seats. And, I mean, my daughter's four and she loves Polk Salad Annie. <laughs> do you do the thing where you hand out the the lays and, and all that sort of stuff pre-pandemic sure yeah. that's what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> yeah we were, we were discussing that we we're like it's gonna be hard not to be able to give out a, a scarf you know what i mean because that's scarves, yeah that's exactly what elvis was known for was giving out scarves and we always gave out scarves at the end of our show but now with the pandemic we actually have to be uh 12 feet from the people and uh, and I was going to ask my producer, well, what if they come up and try to get one? <laughs> what am I doing then? Just telling them no. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, you want it? Let <laughs> me wipe my sweat on it first, baby. <laughs> do, do, do you see people like, for example, like I'm sure some of the older ladies that probably were really obsessed with Elvis, are people like actually emotional watching you? Or is there, is there tears when you're coming by? Believe it or not, man, that's actually probably one of my favorite parts is when I actually see a grown man actually cry because he remembers that song or, or especially when I, when I sing my way, that, that really is when it, people really feel it. You know and I'm like? And I appreciate that, man. That, that means a lot to me. Either that I, either that I'm really bad. <laughs> I, don't <know>. I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I appreciate when they cry though, because it means, it means that they're into it, that they feel it. And that means I'm, that I'm doing my job is giving them the illusion. Have you ever had any famous people come to see your show? Yeah, we've had a few people. Um, uh, was it Q from Impractical Jokers? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've I've had uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. He actually came. How was that having Engelbert Humperdinck in there? It was pretty cool, man. It was like interesting going, man. That's you know, that's a legend right there. And it's <laughs> right. Uh, I'm trying to think of who we've had. Uh, unfortunately, during this pandemic, my memory is getting lost. It's a little I swear. mushy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we were doing rehearsal last night, I. I literally said, wait, what's what's the next song? <laughs> well, it's been a long time, right? It's been a long time since you rocked and rolled. Over a year, yeah. Have you ever had any um, any contact or any type of uh, message at all from Elvis's camp, like Elvis's official side of things? 
Well, as you said, anybody famous. Well, sure. So Joe Esposito, I don't know if you heard of Joe Esposito. He was Elvis's best friend in the army. Uh, he was like, you know, his one of his right hand men. I mean, he came to my show and gave me a standing ovation. And and, and that, that, that felt good because it kind of solidified. I'm like, thank you. You know, I appreciate that. Priscilla, on the other hand, I, as far as I know, she doesn't really care to see impersonators. She's not a big impersonator fan. And whatever, it's cool. I mean, but that I, th- I think it would be cool for you, like you said, a guy like Joe Esposito, or, or we mentioned fans from that era. Like my only uh, experience seeing Elvis is is the impersonators in Vegas, and it's always a blast. But when you meet somebody who actually saw Elvis, yeah. and now they're seeing you, that must be a completely different level. As, it's funny you say that because um, a friend of mine who, who passed not that long ago during the pandemic, she her name was Darlene Tompkins. She was in Blue Hawaii with Elvis. Wow. She was one of the, she was one of the young blondes that was in Blue Hawaii, and she was super supportive of me and my show. And it, she even came to my wife's and I our, our wedding. She came to our wedding. She she would tell me how much she really appreciated me doing what I do, and I appreciated hearing some somebody that actually knew Elvis like that. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it like I said, it solidifies the choice that I made in my life. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You made the right decision. When you're talking about about uh, vocals of Elvis, what are some of the harder songs to sing in the set? Uh, definitely, my way's my way's definitely a hard song because of that very high, strong note at the very end. Uh, it's now or never. That's oh. definitely a hard note at the very end. Oh yeah, that's a high one for me. That I think the hard hardest song to do ever is got to be Jailhouse Rock in the original key because he it was recorded in E flat. Mm-hmm. And he also, I believe what he was like, you know, 19, 20 years old when he recorded that. So his vocals were quite a, quite a bit uh, stronger and, and higher. So I can't perform it in E flat. I can really? for only about, I can do four verses and then that's it. My voice cuts out. Really? So, but otherwise I can, I can, because it's, that song is not necessarily from the dia- diaphragm. Yeah. It's actually more kind of like singing through the diaphragm, but also through your throat to get that raspiness. It starts so high too. I'm just hearing like, one through a party in the county jail, and then it goes. It, oh, it's rock, high. yeah. That's high. Yeah. So I, I I like doing it in in D or sometimes C if I, you know <laughs> if I'm not feeling it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, it, those that's the only song technically that I have to change the key to. Hmm. But otherwise, I try I try to hit I try to hit all the notes that Elvis does. I mean, it's hard, man. He. And I, I, I say he's my greatest vocal teacher, man. He's been teaching me a lot of cool stuff with vocals. How does it work with the band? Do you have, do you, do you have like a, a an MD that kind of runs the band? Because I, I, the, the, the videos I watched, it was a basic three-piece band. Um, is that still the case? Yes, correct. So it, because of our, our stage size and the hard part, a lot of people don't realize that uh, there's a thing in Vegas called four-walling. And what that means is we rent the theater. To perform okay and and hopefully get it back in and ticket sales and stuff like that so that's how most shows a lot of shows are like that unless they're actually sponsored by the actual casino which usually you'll see them on the big marquee and stuff but like our show you know we just try to pay for our, our own advertising and we pay for to rent the theater but that's pretty much the hard part about having a big theater is like that you so we don't have a lot of overhead at least i mean so we have a three-piece band our MD is our guitar player, who's incredible. Dave Dubuque, he, he's an incredible guitar player. And then, of course, to fill in, because we don't have, uh, we I mean, we have plenty of great keyboardists here. 
in in town but the problem is we don't have the stage room mm. so we actually have to have tracks so we sure, have back all the horns for keys and stuff like that and that's what we utilize that for a lot of female background singers and all that sort of stuff yeah but I'm, i make i make the guys do false falsetto the whole oh, okay time. great <laughs> even better <laughs> what, what what hotel are you guys in again uh, we're at the planet hollywood we're at the we're at the v theater well that's interesting so, so you guys, it's not like Planet Hollywood is bringing you in there. You're renting out the space to play there. Correct. Yeah, because our the theater that we're in is actually inside the Miracle Mile Mall, which is a mall surrounded by the Planet Hollywood. Um, and inside that mall has a couple of different theaters. We have the V Theater, which is has two running theaters as of basically this Friday. Last Friday, they opened up their first one. The second one is this Friday with us. So they'll have two theaters there. But yeah, in we're, we're just trying to draw people in from whatever traffic we can. I mean, luckily my, my producer ha- does a really great job at advertising. I mean, if you, a lot of local people know if you've ever seen a, a taxi cab with the back and back of an Elvis on it, yeah, that, that was me. You know what I mean? So it's cool. They've, they've seen that. I mean, we, he spent quite a bit doing that, believe it or not. I didn't realize that's how it works. So you're basically a self funded show Yeah. and you're specifically your revenue is based specifically on, on ticket sales. Well, then you'll, you'll trip out for the fact that when we first started, man, when they first asked me to do the show, I literally performed for maybe six people, sometimes sometimes three people. Um, and we we're like, hey, man, we're going to give them the, the hell of a show no matter what. Next thing you know, it would be 10 people. And on TripAdvisor, we were like 169 out of all the shows. There was like 220 shows. We're 169. I'm like, all right, let's see what we can change. Next thing you know, what I, I started telling people, hey, if you like us, you know, put us back on TripAdvisor or whatever. Next thing you know, people started leaving us reviews. And I'm like, hey, it's kind of working. I started taking more initiative to like be more full-time with the show. So I started doing seven nights a week. And just next thing you know, we started building up the crowd. We were getting an average of 50 per night. We're like, okay, this is working. And the next thing you know, we're, we're dropping numbers on TripAdvisor. People started coming because they've heard about us on TripAdvisor. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of working. So... Uh, after we started filling up the seats, I realized I look on TripAdvisor's. We knocked down. We're still during the pandemic. We stayed, thank God. But we're number seven out of all the shows in Vegas. Wow, that's huge. We're very lucky because it's it seems that that a ve- that a uh, like a Elvis impersonator in Vegas would be kind of a hot ticket. Like it's part of of the Vegas vibe that you would want to be a part of that. Absolutely, and that's the sad part is knowing that. But knowing that if we if we didn't go back, I what other Elvis show is there? Except for, Le- don't get me wrong, we got Legends in Concert, but they have uh, an Elvis who only sings so many songs really quick and he's off the stage. Right. In 20, it's know? part of a, there's a Freddie Mercury, there's a Pat Benatar, there's all, yeah, right. exactly. For me, we're just an all exclusive Elvis show. That's it. You want to see Elvis? That's, that's what we got. How many shows a week do you do? Uh, we're, we do, we're open seven nights a week. We don't have a dark night, but I, I started, I'm going to be taking off one night a week just so I can work elsewhere and hopefully spend some time with my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Get back into it again. You mentioned that, that you had done a few of the things during the pandemic and working elsewhere. There's a couple of things I want to ask you about. One of them, you mentioned the state farm commercial. First of all, cause obviously you're playing Elvis in that commercial. Have you done a lot of that type of stuff? No, I, for me, I, I'm not, I'm not big into acting. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm comfortable in front of a camera and all that stuff. But when I remember an agent, actually called me and says hey i want you to audition for this i go who, who are you what You're right what is this for and she's like it's for a, a state farm commercial and then as soon as I, I she asked me i heard a bunch of the elvis guys on facebook they're like oh this is gonna be trash blah 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 i'm like huh, all right cool i'm in <laughs> <laughs> I was like let's see what this is about you know 
So I, I heard it was actually produced by Rome, the director Roman Coppola. Mm, wow. Okay, cool. This might be kind of interesting. So when I showed up for the audition, I mean, I almost turned around and walked away because, I mean, there was, you know, Elvis of every like genre or whatever. And I was like, what am I getting into here, man? And all I did was I, I, I stepped in front of Roman Coppola and I, and I just did this, an Elvis dance move while singing the State Farm jingle. And he said, that's it right there. And I'm like, really? Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, cool, man. All right. What have these other guys been doing? <laughs> what are some of the most unique Elvis impersonators that you've seen? Like you just said, you saw them in all shapes and sizes. Oh, good. An interesting guy. <laughs> clown Vist. That guy's interesting. He dresses as clown, a clown Elvis. <laughs> but he sings too, you know, so it's kind of cool. You got a lot of people that dress up in different ways, man, like make their own outfits or whatnot. I had a guy one time do a contest within a jumpsuit, but the back of his jumpsuit was cut out because he had a big Elvis tattoo on his back. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm still laughing about Clownvis. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a good name, dude. That's why I tell you, you know, people get confused with me all the time because my name is Travis. So right. I tell people, hey, you're confused, call me Travis, you know. Travis. That's how I actually have you on my phone, Travis Elvis. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Do you? But but you also are a, an ordained minister as well. Yeah, yeah. You know it's funny because my dad, my dad's a great manager, man. My dad's my manager, <clears throat> and was it twelve? Good twelve years ago, he's like, "Son, I need. I want you to get your minister license so you can start doing some Elvis weddings legally." And I'm like, ah, yeah, not yeah, not really. But he's like, "Yo," you, so of course he did it for me. Anyways, you know, put all my paperwork in, and I had to go. Uh, downtown and give them fingerprints and they had to send it to the federal bureau of investigation and all that stuff just to become minister here in an officiant in las vegas i'm like wow so but no matter what i've been grandfathered in 12 years ago and it's kind of cool and i and i've been able to perform a lot of elvis weddings and during the pandemic got to perform a lot of regular weddings just as as did that did that help you kind of to supplement your income during this time frame believe it or not that didn't start till like october so i mean no, I mean, it, it's trickled in. You know what I mean? My, my main thing was was trying to perform live uh, on Facebook, uh, trying to do all that stuff. And, of course, after Facebook saw that we were doing pretty good, you know, as far as getting a lot of viewers, we were getting people watching our show because we had, we had different. As soon as the pandemic hit, I didn't know what to do. I literally looked at my wife and said, we should build a room with a stage. And she's like, what? I go, yeah, we should create a show. She's like, well, okay, how? So I literally built a stage in a room that I have. I have a movie room, but on the side, I built this full stage with lights, did DMX lighting, did full-on fog machine, and did full-on HD cameras, and I started calling it Stars in Quarantine. Uh, so my wife and I would perform a couple times just for the heck of it, and then next thing you know, what I started asking a lot of my uh, impersonator buddies, like a guy that does Tim McGraw, a person that does Faith Hill, Reba McIntyre, like, hey, do you guys want to actually be part of a show? And I had 22 different impersonators show up on my stage, man. It was kind of cool. We had all different impersonators show up and I was able to pay them out of my own pocket. When unemployment showed up, I'm like, here you go, man. Here's some unemployment money. <laughs> I didn't care, man. I was trying to, trying to help out as many people as I could, but knowing that I'm hoping that after this is all over, that they're going to look back and go, remember we did that little show in Travis's yeah. house? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And like I said earlier, you're married to a, a lady who plays Lady Gaga impersonation. How is that when you guys walk down the street as Elvis and, uh, and Gaga? Oh, people trip out. You know, of course, they're like, Lady Gaga, <laughs> Elvis. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, when my wife and I first got together, we were like, hey, 
people wanted us to perform together. And we were like, well, how do you, how does Elvis and, and Gaga perform together? So we actually did something for Valerie Bertinelli. The, she hired us to do something together. And I'm like, well, we, we should write a song together. So we actually collab- collaborated a song called You and I Have Suspicious Minds. Oh, nice. Yeah. The problem is with, with Lady Gaga, a lot of her stuff is in minor keys. Elvis is in major keys. So we, we actually changed You and I into some major keys with Suspicious Minds. And it totally worked out. <laughs> That's great. That cool. you, can have, you can ever join your show at some point. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. It was funny when we came to Vegas. My wife was like, is, is he going to dress up like, like Elvis? I'm like, I don't know. And, and you guys actually came and hung out with us as Elvis and Gaga, which was hilarious, just walking around the casino and having some drinks. I was like, ah, this is pretty cool. Something out of a out of a, a mushroom trip. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, what more what was more cool about that? It was it, it wasn't like overcrowded, so we didn't get like over bombarded with people. You know, right, right. Just for maybe a couple of drunk people, but it's, it, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we had a couple good ones there, didn't we? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the one lady had a, a she sexually accosted. Which impersonator was it? That Frank, she, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. There you go. We'll leave out exactly what she did. But the drunk lady came up and said, "I did this sexual act with Frank Sinatra impersonator. He loved it." Yeah, and then Chris says, well, "If you did that with Frank Sinatra, what would you what would you do with Elvis?" They got Elvis right here, man. <laughs> as, as before, you got married. Was there ever any Elvis impersonator groupies? Like, were there were the chicks who were super attracted to? To, to Elvis on stage? There's always a lot of girls like that. There was some girls called, the, they called themselves the Pink Caddy Girls. They were sweethearts. They were great yeah. girls. They would go around and support all the Elvis guys, you know, and I, I thought that was super cool. You know? I yeah. don't know. I appreciated it. Absolutely. I appreciate the, I appreciate the groupies because if it's not for the groupies, you know, we don't have the proper fans. What's <laughs> the point of singing, right? <laughs> yeah. Last few things for you, man. Obviously, um, Elvis, especially when you're talking, well, it's, Early Elvis and late Elvis always had great stage costumes. Uh, you're talking about the jumpsuits with all the intricate designs and then even just the leather and all that stuff. Where do you get your costumes from for the show? Uh, believe it or not, uh, I actually was getting my jumpsuits from the same people that made Elvis's jumpsuits back in the day. Wow. Yeah, so they actually have the same pattern, uh, they, the same stones. They actually got the pretty much replica everything to recreate the suit. And it's cool. I mean, the problem is, they're expensive and heavy and with performing a show seven nights a week and being a white suit or off-white suit it yeah it's really hard to keep clean so i was going through one of those every two years because they would rip out of the shoulders but i found a new company that actually has a four-way stretch jumpsuit ah, I'm like, That's see right ya. up my alley <laughs> <laughs> that's post-pandemic jumpsuit perfect <laughs> how, how much does it cost for a for a really well crafted elvis jumpsuit uh, three grand. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, Luckily, since I bought so many, I was getting some discounts. But I mean, even the gold jacket—we called it the gold lemay that Elvis wore. Yeah. But problem was with the lemay material, you can only wear it so long before it starts fading out. And so we would get gold leather, and that would actually be nice. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, it's interesting because, like you said, I mean, once again, this is not something that's provided for you from the show. It's like you have to. Same in wrestling or in music, you have to buy your own stuff. We're subcontractors, right? There right. It is. <laughs> but you got to spend money to make money because that's your job. You got to look the part, right? Yeah, man. It's like no, knowing that when I got married to my wife, I actually had full on, you know, seventy sideburns, and 
after we got our wedding pictures back, I said, oh, babe, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I shaved my sideburns off and I was able to buy sideburns and just, you know, slap them right on and it works, man. <laughs> as long as they don't come off. It's funny because when, when we were talking uh, about finding an Elvis for, for the Inner Circle shoot, the first guy that came up was like, he turned it down because he had gained so much weight during the pandemic, he couldn't fit into his jumpsuit. And I was yep. like, well, that must be a drag if you can't fit into your costume anymore. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I actually just talked to him like maybe four days ago and he said the same thing. <laughs> I said, dude, you've had all this time, man. Come on. <laughs> I know. And it, it, see, if it, you just never know because we, we wouldn't maybe not have met up and you wouldn't be in the inner circle if the other guy would have stayed in shape. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for staying uh, not in shape. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Last few things. So now you're officially in the inner circle. So at some point we have to have you come back on the show and, uh, and do more stuff with us. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. Next time I won't play piano. Oh, I just <laughs> <laughs> We were trying to figure that out. You, 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 you're more of a guitar man. You're a guitar man. Yeah, I play guitar. I can, I can rock, rock it on bass drums. Just my wife is a piano person. Uh, I'm, I'm not a pianist. I'm the opposite. That's 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 fine. That was uh that was in the morning after we've been drinking all night, so you didn't have to remember the the chords and all that sort of stuff. What chords? There was chord. <laughs> Last question for you: What's your favorite twofold? What's your favorite Elvis movie, and what's your favorite Elvis song? Great questions. Uh, my favorite Elvis movie would be okay. That that's kind of tough because it's Jailhouse Rock is when I really truly realized how badass Elvis was. Yeah. And then King Creole was a great movie because it had great songs in it. Otherwise, um, my one of my favorite songs is probably If I Can Dream because of the meaning. It's so meaningful. I mean, I even got a tattoo of Elvis singing If I Can Dream on my on my leg on purpose. Oh, that's right. That's right. You showed us that. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's 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 a powerful song. I mean, that was also I think he recorded that a week after Martin Luther King uh, Jr. got assassinated. Mm -hmm. So it's it's. That's definitely powerful. I'm trying. I'm trying to actually implement that song into the into the show. I'm kind of putting a bug into my producer's ear. I'm like, hey, we should put that song in. <laughs> who chooses? Who chooses the set list? Is that the, the producer? producer? The producer. He, you know, he's got a great mind, and like I let him just do his thing. And I, all I do, he just all I do is say, uh huh, and thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I always like Viva Las Vegas because I have a huge crush on Anne Margaret. Oh sure. Yeah, totally. That's a, that's a great movie too. There's a lot of great movies. The problem is, you know, you can only. I I try to fast forward it to where he's singing. <laughs> well, yeah, and there's and once again, he was just making movies seemingly on a monthly basis. So a lot of those ones didn't turn out as good. But they are. If there's 50 Elvis movies, there's at least 15 of them that are pretty badass. Yeah, man. But you know who said it best? Eddie Murphy. What do you say? Eddie Murphy said, "Got to win, not a race." <laughs> Lemonade, that cool, refreshing drink. <laughs> Dude, it's great to talk to you, man. And I'm excited to come back to Vegas and actually see your show live in person. I was supposed to come see you this last time, but it got postponed. But now you're up and running again. And uh, and we'll have you back to do some more stuff with the Inner Circle for sure as well. Yeah, man, I can't wait to have you. It'll be a fun time. We're, we look forward to having you, seriously. Dude, great, great time, man. Thanks. Appreciate talking to you. Thanks for having me on here, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>